You're listening to Flourish Weekly with Pastor Jen. We know you'll be encouraged by today's talk. Hey y'all, welcome back to Flourish Weekly. I am so glad that you have come back again this week. I hope you enjoyed last week. Um, I really hope you enjoyed the conversation about Jesus, about who He really is, and how much He loves us, and how we really complicate things when we try to um, pursue God or understand Christianity. And it's really not that complicated and not that difficult. It's just a matter of um, responding to His incredible love for us. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, please go back and listen um, and forward it to your friends and family. Send it to them over text. Um, Let them know that you know, God loves them and has a plan for their lives, has a purpose for their lives. And it's a great tool. Last week's episode is a great tool for you to use to share with other people and to share with friends and family that maybe are far from God. So thanks for tuning in this week. Um, I'm excited to share with you some things that God's laid on my heart um, the last few days, and hopefully I can communicate it well. So um, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this time together. Thank you, God, that wherever my listeners are right now, in their car, in their home, out on vacation, out for a walk, exercising, whatever they may be doing, God, I just thank you for this moment and this time to connect with them. And God, I pray that we would hear your voice. I pray that we would be encouraged and strengthened by you. And God, that you would just speak directly to our hearts exactly what we need to hear to get through today, to get through this week and to know you more intimately. God, we love you, and we want to pursue you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, welcome. I want to talk to you today about the quiet years. Um, I want to talk to you about striving and driving um, and pursuing and um, all the things that go along with so much of what um, not just society has made important, but also what the church has made important. Um, And really just look at it from a different perspective this morning and open our eyes to see, you know, am I pursuing and driving and striving for the right things um, and for God things and for the things that he has for my life? Or am I just spinning my wheels? Am I just um, trying to build a name for myself? Am I just trying to, you know, pursue the next success in life and the next, um, you know, the next promotion in life, which is not a bad thing, but we want to make sure that our motives are right. And we also want to make sure that we are pursuing the right things and the God things in our lives because the things that he places on our heart to do um, will be easy and light. They won't always be easy, but they will be easy and light in the sense that his word says that um, come to me all you who are weary and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light learn of me, he says. And I know I said that up all jumbled up, but you get the point is that if we are taking his yoke, which means if we are taking on his work, the work that he is assigning to us to do, whether that's in the marketplace or whether that's in ministry, wherever you may be, um, whatever his yoke is that he is handing to you, it's going to be easy and it's going to be light. It won't, it will have difficult days and you're going to have lots and lots of days where you're going to have to die to self and die to your, um, flesh and your, your, you know, lack of motivation and all of those things. That's all normal and good. And, and part of life, we're not always going to jump up and feel super motivated, but when we are operating in God's perfect will, oh man, it's beautiful. 
I love what Romans 12 says, um, you know, that we will know his perfect, his pleasing, his, his, his good, his pleasing and his perfect will. And when we're in that good and pleasing and perfect will of God, there's a peace and there's a rest. And there's even those difficult days when the motivation is lacking and we have to kind of push and we have to, you know, decide and be determined to not give up. Even in those moments, there's a depth of peace and rest from the Holy Spirit that 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 is sitting on us, that that yoke is sitting on us of knowing, you know what? I am doing what I am called to do. I am I am pursuing the things that God has called me and told me to pursue. And so I'm going to work hard, but I'm also going to sit back and I'm going to rest in knowing this this beautiful confidence that comes from knowing I'm in God's perfect will. He's pleased with me, and I'm going to keep pursuing this until he tells me not to. And so, you know, I think it's really important. Let's just talk real set for a moment about what I just said about knowing that God is pleased with you. I think a lot of the driving and striving and pursuing that we see in our culture is, and not just in our culture, but around the world and Christianity and society, I really think that some of it, not all of it, but some of it is driven by people pleasing and approval addiction, being addicted to people's approval, being addicted to accolades, being addicted to the praise of man, being addicted to the the like button and the comments and the, the things that we get from social media. And I am absolutely not saying social media is a bad thing. I like it. I use it. It's a tool to be used to spread the gospel um, and also to have fun and, you know, have friends and be social. I I love staying connected with friends and family around the world through social media. Um, But I think we have gotten addicted as as a generation. We've gotten addicted and maybe this extends beyond my generation. Maybe this extends even to other generations, but... We have to be really careful about approval addiction and people pleasing where our decision making is based on the outcome of whether or not I'm going to receive the approval of a certain person or a certain group of people. And that to me is what stands between you and God's perfect will so often. And that's the challenge that we all face, right? We face this challenge of making a decision We know we're standing at a crossroads and we have a decision to make. And in our heart of hearts, we've spent time with God. We've slowed down and we've heard his voice and we know what he's pushing and nudging us to do. And most of the time, what's standing between us and doing it is either our own insecurities or our question of, is so-and-so going to like this? Is is so, am I going to have the approval of this group of people? Am I going to have the approval of this particular person? Um, And the Bible says in Proverbs that the fear of man is a snare and a snare just means a trap. So the fear of man is a trap that keeps us locked in this cage of not doing the things that we are called to do, the things that we are gifted to do, the things that we could quite possibly, um, the things that could quite possibly unlock our future and our, our, um, our next season of life. And so we have to settle that people pleasing, um, comes from a place of insecurity and it comes from a place of not knowing that God sees you. He approves of you. You are seen, you are recognized, you are known by a God who created you and loves you and gave you gifts and talents and abilities for a purpose. I mean, he's absolutely crazy about us as his children. He loves us. He's excited to spend time with us. He's excited to download 
um, creativity and ideas and and hopes and dreams to us. He's excited to to show us our future and give us a vision for our future. Um, but so often we don't allow him to because we we're driven by insecurity. And let me just speak candidly. I mean, a lot of that insecurity, sometimes it's going to come from a lack in a relationship from your past. Maybe it's a parental relationship with a mom or with a dad. Maybe you had an absent father or you had a, a mother who neglected you and didn't nurture you the way that you needed to be nurtured. And so we need to slow down and we need to pinpoint, hey, you know what, God, I'm dealing with some insecurities. I'm dealing with some, like, I feel driven to have the approval of man. I feel driven to have people like me. I feel driven. I can't, I feel like I can't even really say what I really think or say what I really feel because I'm worried that someone may not agree with what I say, or I feel like maybe someone in the room might not like me if I say it. And so I just believe that today God wants to free you to be yourself, be yourself. Find find that group, that core group of people where you can say exactly what you think. You can say, you know, how you feel about certain things. You can say whether or not you really like the food at dinner. You don't have to pretend like you like it when you really don't like it. Get around people that um, affirm you and love you and make you comfortable enough that you can be yourself because then you're going to build that muscle. It's like you have this into this this muscle on the inside of confidence. This confidence muscle has to be built and it has to be built obviously first of all in your relationship with God where he affirms you in his word and you're journaling and writing down the things that he's speaking to you and you know you're building that confidence. But I've also always advised people who struggle in this area because you know we've all been there. Um, I've always encouraged people who struggle in this area to get around people who help you build your confidence muscle. And as you build it with safe people, then you're going to be able to get out there in the world or at work or in the marketplace or in ministry. And you're going to be able to respectfully, kindly, with a heart full of humility, you're going to be able to say what you really think about something. And you're going to be able to receive um, constructive criticism from people. You know, if somebody, if, if you really build your confidence muscle and you present something to someone and there's errors in your work or there's problems with a certain thing that you did and they bring back constructive criticism, you're not going to react out of insecurity. You're going to react just confidently out of, hey, thanks for pointing that out. I'll get that changed. And so I want to first, you know, I want to make sure that we are not driving, we're not being driven and we're not striving from a place of insecurity or a place of pleasing people or out of a place where we're where we suffer from fear of man and we have to get that healed in the presence of God we really do we have to go to God and we have to allow him to heal that place i remember in my 20s i went through a season um and it wasn't really normal for my nature but i went through a weird season where i struggled with a lot of insecurity i i struggled with not being able to communicate what i really thought i could, struggled with not being able to be who i felt like i really was i felt like i was kind of shrinking back and a lot of it was to for me personally it was based in shame um, and I've done a podcast on shame and so we don't have to dig into that but we want to make sure that we're slowing down and spending time I feel like this is kind of the the theme of all my podcasts is that we really just have to slow down and allow God to teach us and to to heal us and to walk us through some of the wounds and the the um, 
the lacking, the areas of our life and our heart and our emotions that's lacking, you know, because he's perfect. He is the perfect perfecter of our faith. He's the one who perfects that which concerns us. He makes things right. He, he puts together everything and makes sure, makes sure that there's no missing pieces in our lives. So, um, we really need to make sure we're dealing with any insecurity and also any pride, man, Pride can sure be something that drives us and we are striving and driving and pursuing and pushing and determined that um, we are going to maintain our ego and our ego has to be fed. You know, if if you've ever um, played the game Hungry Hungry Hippos um, or Hungry Hungry Hippo, I don't know if it's one hippo or, or many, but I, I loved that game when I was a kid and... Um, it's just, man, sometimes our ego is like one of those hungry hippos. It's just got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go, got to be fed. And then once it's fed, it needs to be fed more. Um, and this really can be the downfall as you start to become a success and as you start to do great and God starts to bless you and and prosper you in a certain area, you know, um, whether it's, you know, ministry or work or jobs or career or um, these, you know, side hustles that maybe you started at, like we talked about in the previous podcast, when you start to succeed, that's when ego, it's like, man, am I being driven by the success or am I being driven by, you know, a spirit of humility and absolute gratitude and humility and response to who God is. So look, if you want to know the will of God for your life, I'm going to slow down for a second and I'm going to talk to you. If you are asking your question, You're asking yourself, you're in a season now, maybe you're young and you're in a season where you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do with your life, or maybe you're a little older and you're, you know, in your thirties, forties, fifties, even sixties. And you're like, man, that season has come to an end. What is the next season of my life going to look like? What is the next 20 years going to look like? What's the next 10 years going to look like? If you are someone who's questioning today, God, what is your will for the next season of my life? What do you want to do? What do I, what do you want me to do with this life? I really think that it all begins with, you know, personal time with him where you're spending time with him, but also when you're talking to other people and you're discovering, what do you like? What do you enjoy doing? What sparks an interest? What sparks excitement in you? And I want you to start to write down those things. What do I enjoy doing? What am I good at doing? What do I like to do? What excites me when I start to think about it and write those things down? God isn't just, you're not just excited about something for no reason. God's giving you that excitement and that passion for something for a reason. Not not always, and I'm going to tell you this little story here in a second, but um, most of the time it's for a purpose. So write down your goals. So number one is set your goals. Then number two is pursue those goals. Look, don't just write down goals and stick them on a shelf and never do anything about it. Pursue those goals. Take people to lunch that know more about that area than you do. That is one of my favorite things to do is to ask someone if they'd go sit down with me for breakfast or for coffee who knows more about something than I do. And man, I ask them questions. I ask them to tell me stories. I want to know how they succeeded, how they failed, and everything in between. I want to hear it all, you know? It's just so fun for me to hear their stories and be inspired by what they've done right and what they've done wrong and be able to learn from that and then be able to pursue my own goals. So pursue your goals. Number three, achieve those goals. It's so much fun when you set a goal and then you achieve it. It's just so much fun to look back on your hard work and see what God's done. But then that last step, 
You absolutely have to stop here and release gratitude. I catch myself so often being excited about something, texting my friends, texting my support group, texting my parents, texting um, my pastor and saying, hey, look what God's doing. And I'm excited about it. And, you know, we've... My little, I have a small group of uh, like a, a core group, an inner circle, and we have established that it's not bragging if we're telling each other, you know, it's like we're each other's hype team. Like uh, I'm your hype girl, right? So you can tell me when something great happens, when you do something and do it well, you can call me and text me and tell me, and it's not bragging, you know, because I think sometimes we need that affirmation and we want to be excited and we want someone to, to hype us up and be excited with us. Um, my mom has always said, it's not bragging when, when you're talking to your mama. So have, make sure you have your hype team that you can text. I mean, and say, Hey, look, I did this today. I did it well. Look what God's doing. But then I catch myself being excited and celebrating with people and then forgetting to slow down and celebrate in the presence of God and stop and slow down and thank him. And so make sure that you release gratitude when you start setting and gaining and achieving those goals. Okay. So if you really want to know the direction um, of, of God for your life, start setting those goals, start writing down those dreams, and start um, pursuing those dreams. Now, I got to tell you a story, a personal story. Recently, those of you who follow me on Instagram and on Facebook, you know that I announced that I was going to start pursuing event planning. And you know what? I really thought that that was something I was excited about. I was passionate about. I was curious about it. It's something that I really just kind of wanted to do casually on the side here and there. It's not like I wanted to have a new career in event planning. I have um, plenty of things that I'm doing already, but I just wanted to kind of try and see if that was something I could throw out there and make a little extra money doing on the side. And I had a lot of responses. I had a lot of people messaging me and excited and saying that they were going to, you know, book me and they were going to use me to, to, to plan their child's birthday party or their friend's um, bachelorette party or wedding shower or baby shower, whatever. And do you know that I have not had a single booking? <laughs> and I say that honestly with full confidence and I don't feel embarrassed. My ego's not affected because I have other areas right now that I am working on that are succeeding and that I thoroughly enjoy doing. And so I'm just focusing my attention and my efforts and my energy on those things. That was just something that I tried and it didn't take. It just didn't take off. There are other things in life that you will try that will take off. And so we have to really be willing to try and it not go there. It not work, it not succeed. Some things in life just are not going to succeed. Some things in life, there will be failures. There will be things that just don't take off. Please do not allow those things to rob you of your confidence and rob you of your courage to keep trying and to keep going and to keep doing something purposeful with your gifts and with your talents. Um, and so that leads me into the last thing that I really want to talk about, and that is the quiet years. Um, this, man, this is something I could probably do a whole podcast on, and maybe I will. Um, but man, the quiet years are essential. Um, they are really underappreciated. They're misunderstood, and they are priceless years sometimes months, sometimes years, 
where God is preparing you. He is developing you. He is maturing you. And they're, they're often times that we absolutely hate. Um, but I really want to challenge you to kind of shift your perspective and shift your idea of preparation and the quiet years. And instead of seeing them as something to be hated, I want you to see them as something that even in the quiet years, God's hand of blessing is on your life. And I'm reminded of Joseph, and I shared this at my leader's retreat in Cloudcroft not too long ago. Man, I am reminded of Joseph in his quiet years. That dude, he was 17 years old, and he told the whole family his dream. And he, you know, he had a dream, and he probably thought that dream was going to come to pass the next year. But here he went, getting betrayed by his family, um, hurt and wounded by the people he loved the most. Man, have we all been there. He got thrown into a, a hole in the ground. He got sold into slavery. But guys, recognize this about Joseph's life. Even in those quiet years, he became the head of Potiphar's household. Of all the things he could have done, of all the, the ways that they could have sold him into slavery, of all the places he could have been sold, he was sold to Potiphar and became the administrator of his household. You know, and then he went to prison. And I'm sure in these years he was thinking, this is not the dream. But those years were preparing him. Those years were working wisdom and maturity into his character to prepare him for the day that he would become basically the prime minister of the greatest nation that there ever was and save the whole world from a famine. There's no way 17-year-old Joseph could have handled that pressure, would have had the wisdom to do it, handle it, and handle it well. But God knew those quiet years were going to be essential to his preparation. And so I want you to think about the quiet years, the the years that you're maybe hidden away. Man, there were years for me where I was caregiving and, and um, taking care of my mother-in-law and doing some other things that just felt very private and hidden away. And I can't even fully um, express or convey what those years felt like or what those years meant. But man, those years were such intimate, quiet, personal years of my pride being stripped, my ego being worked on, um, this, this sense of, um, being a servant and being, um, someone who instead of has, you know, all of the accolades or all of the, the recognition instead, you're just, no one really sees what you're doing. No one sees what's going on in the quiet years. No one, no one sees what you're doing behind closed doors and what you're doing in hidden and what you're the, but God sees God sees your faithfulness. He sees those days and those hours of your faithfulness. And I want to encourage somebody out there today. Look, you're looking and you're listening to other people's successes. You're looking at other people and you're thinking, you know what? Why is it so easy for them? Why is their success coming so quickly? Why are they doing so well? How can I be more like them? And you're, and I even sense that somebody out there, you're trying to sound like and be like and look like someone else that you admire. And you don't know what their quiet years look like because they didn't advertise their quiet years. They didn't talk about the years that they were in, in the, in the pit or in, in prison or in, Potiphar's house. When God's favor is on your life, even in the quiet years, that's when you know you're being prepared for the palace. You're being prepared for what God's going to do through your life. And I really think we have to be careful that striving for the palace 
is not our motive. Striving for celebrity is not our motive. Man, we live in a world where everybody wants to be a celebrity. And hey, I check that at the door all the time as a minister of the gospel, as someone who holds a microphone, as someone who has the privilege to speak to people and share with people and write and do the things that I do. And I hope and pray to God that someday I'll get to do this even more to more people and have more of an influence. But right now in these years, I am constantly checking that ego and that celebrity and, and that need to be known and that need to be recognized. I am, I am constantly dying to that and asking God, make sure that I am ready before I get promoted to anything else. And I want you to make that your prayer. Man, if we come to a place where, where the depths of our trust and our, our, our true trust for God is where we say, God, I trust you so deeply. I trust you with my life so fully that this moment in time right now, I trust you and I'm grateful for this season. Like Joseph, I'm grateful for the season in Potiphar's house. Your favor's on my life. I'm grateful for the season right now, right here today. I'm grateful for what you're doing here and today because I trust you enough to know that you are more concerned with my character than with my comfort, than with my promotion, than with my, my, um, my popularity, any of those things. And I am most interested in your will for my life. You know what Jesus said to his disciples when they were arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom? He said, the greatest must be the least and the greatest among you must be the servant of all. The Bible says that he didn't come to, to be served. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. And man, if we're trying to be like Jesus, we've got a lot of growing up to do. We've got a lot of dying to self to do. We've got a lot of uh, humbling ourselves to do where we go into every day humbly saying, who can I serve for you today, God? What can I do as a servant for you today? May I go into my workplace today as a servant to you. May I go into my workplace to, to, today as a servant to your calling and a servant to your kingdom and a servant to others. I pray that my life, I pray, this is my goal, is that the people in my life know Jen will serve us with her love. Because if I'm serving people with my love, then I am doing what Jesus did. And honestly, when I'm doing a podcast, when I'm talking to you right now, it is my prayer that you know that I am serving you with the talents and the gifts that God's given me. It's not always easy. It's not. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's frustrating. But you know what? For whatever reason, God has given me a gift to to talk about him. He's given me a gift to talk about Jesus, to to convey his love to people through written word and through spoken word. And so today I want you to see this as an example of me serving you with the gift that he has given me. And I want you to use that as an example that when you go out in the world today, when you go out in the world this week, serve people with the gifts he's given you. Man, if you're gifted in hospitality, host a meal. If you're gifted in organization, organize that party for the family when nobody else will do it. <laughs> if, if you're gifted with um, being friendly, then reach out and ask somebody to lunch today. If you're gifted with bringing people together and unifying, then look for people who, who need friends and invite, invite two or three lonely people and y'all all go to lunch together and begin to build community with people. If you are gifted 
um, in the workplace, if you're strong and capable, I know there are, there are some men who listen to this podcast. If you're a man out there and you're listening and you are gifted and you can, you can put together anything and you can fix anything and you're good at, at maintenance and all of those things, go serve an elderly person this weekend. Go serve a, a single mom this weekend. Find someone who needs help. Go serve in your local church. Use your hands and use your gifting for the purposes of God. I don't want to be someone who's driven, who's driving and striving, who's driven and striving by ego, by fear of man, by people pleasing. I really want to be someone who is pursuing God and laying, taking these gifts and talents and laying them down and saying, okay, God, the quiet years are hard. Okay, God, you know what? The quiet years are hard, but let me tell you something. Those people who have achieved the mountaintop, I guarantee you they will tell you those years are hard too. So enjoy the quiet years. Make the most of those years by spending your time wisely. Make sure that you're not um, that you're not scoffing at these years, that you're not just throwing these years away, but that you are being a good steward of these years of preparation because you know what, guys, I just want to tell you, dreams are on their way to being fulfilled. New seasons are coming. Exciting days are ahead. You just keep obeying God and doing what you know is right in your day to day. I love you so much. I hope that this has encouraged you. I hope it has strengthened you. I hope that today these words spoke to your heart. God, we love you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your encouragement. Help us, Lord, to reach out and love people today. All right, you guys, if you would send this out to some friends and family, I would love for you to send a link so that we can get this message out to encourage people. Send them a link through text. Send it through um, social media. If you share it on social media, be sure and tag me so I can see it. Reach out to me on Facebook and Instagram. I love hearing from you. So if you're just hesitating and wondering, should I reach out to Pastor Jen? Do it. I love hearing from you. I love hearing your testimonies. It really is what keeps me going. So have a great day. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm believing that the best is yet to come. Good days are coming. You know what? Today might be that day. Today might be the day that a dream is fulfilled. I love you so much. Have a great week. We're so glad you joined us today on Flourish Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend and tag us on social media. You can also connect with Pastor Jen on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening.